Hey, welcome to Sugar Me the Mooney, uh, episode ten. We're going to talk about a few things. Jump right into it because so uh, it's been a while, it's been about a week since we've recorded, and a lot of things have been in the news. We're going to talk about sports and politics, of course, because uh, as always, as it always been, uh, they've been intertwined. And we're going to talk about the Sean Jackson situation, and um, of course, because. Sports and politics are always together, and they're entangled. And speaking of entangled, we're going to talk about public relationships between celebrities, and uh, pretty much the two main ones, obviously, is Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. Uh, they op- they had a public marriage council on uh, Red Table Talk, and also Johnny Depp. The, two two relationships that are very complicated. And they're dealing with everything in the public eye. But first, uh, Siobhan, Shug, we have, you have something you want to talk about? Yeah, man. Uh, so me and Mike were talking about yesterday uh, some topics that we would put on. Originally, we wanted to do um, Donald Trump and sports because he spoke out against the um, Native American uh, team names being, you know, renamed. And... Uh, he spoke on Bubba Wallace again, but you know that that stuff it actually became dated. And talking about Donald Trump is kind of like beating that ho- dead horse and a broken record. So we were trying to figure out things, and you know, only things besides the topics that you know we're gonna talk about that Mike discussed just now. Only thing else that was in the news yesterday was Kelly Preston who is a famous actress. She was married to John Travolta uh, up until her death yesterday. She actually had been battling breast cancer for the last two years, and she succumbed to it yesterday. So prayers up for her kids, John Travolta, and their whole family and her fans. And also an ongoing thing over the past couple of days was Naya Rivera, um, an actress who's probably known most for being on Glee, um, a show from the earlier part of the last decade. Uh, She was missing. They found her son in a boat that they rented in a lake uh, out there in California. And they couldn't find her body. They found her son alone in a boat. So, you know, they've been searching for a body. And unfortunately, they found her body yesterday and she has died. And I was telling both of my, my friends here that I had an interesting relation uh, uh, interesting i guess you could call it a, a, a relationship with naya rivera not personally obviously but i do recall you know as we talked about in the last episode you know i I'll, since i was like four years old you know i've had crushes on women and usually women around the same age so naya rivera used to pop up as a guest star on a lot of these shows family uh, family matters Smart guy. She was on two episodes of that and a couple of different shows. Like, if you've seen her face as a kid, you would recognize her and be like, wow, that's Naya Rivera. Like, Joel has has said. He didn't know because he, he never watched Glee. So, um, later on... And like, every afternoon, I would watch that. Mm-hmm. Later on in um, 2009, I actually watched the first season of Glee because I thought it was really good. Because, you know, usually in the first season or like that pilot season when you're trying to get renewed for more seasons, 
you usually don't hone in on a certain demographic and you just do something that everybody could watch. And the first season was for everybody. And I feel like later on seasons were a little bit more catered to females and the LGBT community and like the musical community. And it really like got disconnected from it. But I remember the first couple of episodes, she played a cheerleader on, <coughs> I think her name was Santana on it. And I was like, wow, this is like, light-skinned black cheerleader like she's real fine so as i usually do i'll go up on like imdb or google search come to find out like is this, this is the same girl that has been popping up on you know different shows and i always thought she was cute because she was always around the same age as me like she i'm 30 she she passed away yesterday at 33 so she was always in that age range and later on you come to find out like she was in a relationship with Big Sean, the rapper, and they became engaged. And personally, I, I got like um, disenchanted with her off of how like she handled that relationship because they were engaged. They broke off the engagement and she picked right back up with like one of her old boyfriends and became engaged. They were engaged for like four years or in a relationship for four years. And she picked back up with like her boyfriend from the relationship before Big Sean. And then they got engaged like a month later and they actually got married on their, what was supposed to be her and Big Sean's wedding day. So I always had been like disenchanted with her since then. And, you know, she passed yesterday and she's, you know, somebody's sister, somebody's daughter and somebody's mother and now she's gone so i wanted to pay my respects to her and prayers up for her family and i hope god uh looks upon her son for the rest of his life and an uh, interesting thing i found out like her first tv show was a show called royal family you know i'm a big sanford and son fan so i love red fox and i always remember that show as being a show you know, Red Fox used to do that, you know, Elizabeth, you know, fake a heart attack and he actually had a heart attack on that show and they thought that he was doing his um his old routine from the Sanford and Son show so they couldn't get him help on time, so he died. But the interesting thing is Naya Rivera played like I guess his granddaughter maybe and she was four years old. So this is a girl that acted with Red Fox, like a, a comedy icon. And goes on to have this, you know, unsung career until she ends up on Glee. And then on Glee, apparently she came out as like a LGBT, her character was LGBT or bisexual. So I heard that was like a inspiration to people in the LGBT community. So um, like I said, Naya Rivera will, will miss you. Okay, well, we'll send rest in peace. Yeah, well said, Jug. Okay, so now we're going to jump into the Sean Jackson situation, where it all began, where Jackson posted a quote from a book, uh, where a lot of the people, a lot of the public, uh, saw it as anti-Semitic because it was a, uh, it was it was like a Nation of Islam quote, wasn't it? And then they're saying that it was like a Hitler thing too. Yeah, they they tried to. It it was a quote like wrongly attributed to Hitler. So right. it wasn't even Hitler that saw it. Right, but that's that's the whole thing I want to. I hope we can talk about because 
I think we should compare and contrast the reaction that Deshaun Jackson got compared to a lot of other public figures. And especially um, there's another hit a teammate that uh, had a similar situation. And I want to later on dive into what happened with Riley Cooper seven years ago, actually this month. And I was checking out a lot of the quotes and the press release about it. And it's very interesting to see the different reaction that Jackson got this last week compared to him and many others. So, uh, Shug, you want to jump into it? Yeah, actually, a lot of stuff you said is, is what I, I actually wanted to talk about. So, he wrongly – he posted something on Instagram on his Instagram story, and he blacked out a lot of stuff, but the part that he left in was a quote wrongly uh, attributed to Adolf Hitler – and basically, the quote was trying to say that uh, the Jewish people uh, would use their influence to, like, suppress blacks or, or some other nonsense. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, Hitler could have said, like, Joe DiMaggio is better than Ted Williams, which is something I might agree with. But once I see that that quote is attributed to Hitler wrongly or rightly, Sooner I see Hitler said, I know it's something that I would not post because Hitler's probably top two worst human beings in like the history of like humanity. So, so it's, hey. it's bad on all fronts. Uh, uh, jo- uh Joel, what, when you first heard about it, what did you think? I was like, I said, like nothing surprises me anymore. Like I take everything. I try not to think too deep on anything until like. You know, when I hear other people's opinions, too, honestly, like, once I hear things at first glance, I just take it as, you know what, it's publicity or this and that and the third. Like, when you guys talk about it, then I, I get more, like, understanding about it. But everything to me nowadays, everything is just for, it's kind of like everybody's just piggybacking on each other. It's like, all right, what other thing can I do today to be racist or make someone seem like it's racist? It's like, we really got to just, like, take it all in and then decide afterwards. That's what I do at least. I don't like speak up front right away about things like that. Yeah, another thing about Deshaun Jackson was that um he posted something like in in praise of Louis Farrak Minister Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam who can be deemed to be anti Semitic and is a polarizing uh person in all, you know, respects. So that was also something that he, he got in trouble for, he was in hot water for. But it's like Mike said, um, the first thing I tweeted when all of this stuff came out was, you know, if it was any other franchise, I would say, all right, like, you got to cut this guy, you got to let him go, suspend him, make an example out of him, this on a third. But when I saw it was Deshaun Jackson, I, I had forgotten he was on the Philadelphia Eagles. I actually thought he was on the Washington uh, NFL team that won't be named or to be named later. Right. Uh, I, I thought he was still on that team. But then I saw that it was the Philadelphia Eagles, and I, I, I said, well, you know, due to what happened to Riley Cooper or how they handled the Riley Cooper incident seven years ago, you know, they've already – uh, dug themselves a hole and basically painted themselves in a corner with that because they never suspended Riley Cooper. They find him a, 
undisclosed amount. So God only knows what that amount is. Like that amount could be five hundred dollars for all we know. And they never suspended him, or as a matter of fact, or two dollars. And they um kept him on the team and he actually got an extension. Right. Uh actually the incident was in June twenty thirteen. He was at a country music concert, Kenny Chesney. And uh the video surfaced about a month later and I just want to check out a couple of quotes. The first person that they talked to on this thing is about Tim Tebow, because Tim Tebow was one of his, one of his um, uh, teammates. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, like, why would like, I understand they, they, they were partners together, uh, teammates, but like they, they, they sold out Tim Tebow and uh, for his word, and he was like, I'll talk to him. And Tim Tebow is the one who's going to like educate him on everything. Uh, that was interesting. And then the, the immediate uh, quote, Riley Cooper w- was made aware of this. And there was like tweets that they were, they're going to like bring up the video and everything. And he started deleting everything. And a lot of it was like apologetic in uh, defense of Riley. The Eagles, their initial statement that they made was saying that, uh, you know, he, he, he's sorry. Uh, he's going to get counseling and we're going to move on from this kind of like he, they were saying that. Then, like, a week later, they kind of changed it, and that's when he started getting uh, more uh, flack for it and then the fine and everything. So, yeah. But this yeah. past week with this on Jackson, I've seen so many articles. Uh, and it's rightfully so. Like, of course, you know, I'm not, you know, it's all about, like, educating people on things. It, it goes all the way with everyone. Uh, I know a lot of people, like, who do, like, when the All Lives Matter thing started, people, like, like white people said stuff like that, or a lot of people. They were like, oh, no, they need to be educated and everything. But I'm seeing a lot of, like, just like, – like, there was a quote. Oh, there's an article that came out today, and uh, they're calling it Deshaun Jackson's Hitler moment. Like, that's like – like, so now when you think of Deshaun Jackson, you're going you're gonna, to, you're gonna, uh, you know, he's, like, in sync with, like, like a, like a Nazi figure. And it's – that's, like, the ultimate, like, evil character in our, in our society. And uh, kind of the message that they're saying is – just because you have uh, your own personal experience with prejudice and and like racism doesn't automatically clear you of having your own prejudice towards others. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's maybe it's just because it's 2020 and especially in sports, there's a lot of it's like a boiling point now in 2020. And I'm just interested to see how this is going to play out, uh, especially when the season starts and everything, if it starts, you know. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about, like, the things that Deshaun Jackson has. And they actually have, have decided to fine him, I believe. I don't think they're going to suspend him. But he has been disciplined by the Eagles, and it was nothing more and nothing less than Riley Cooper. But when it comes to society, because you're seeing a lot of famous uh, Jewish personalities you know, admonishing him and admonishing the Eagles and admonishing other NFL players like Malcolm Jenkins. He had a quote, he, he had an Instagram pro post and it was like an entire paragraph that provided a lot of context, but somebody took one part of it where he said, Jewish people are not our problem, posted that and, you know, basically tried to make it seem like, you know, 
us blocks and the block players are ignorant to dim- discrimination towards Jews, but in the full paragraph, which he didn't highlight and post, he said Jews are not our problem and we are not the Jewish problem, meaning that Jewish people aren't presenting issue- the issues that black people are facing today in society. That's evident. And at the same time, there are people that are still anti-Semitic, as you've seen in Charlottesville, uh, who the president would call uh, very fine people, who said Jews will not replace us. None of those people look like Deshaun Jackson or Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, those guys look like they shop at, you know, uh, Dockers, and they were carrying tiki torches. Yep. So, you know, people are framing it as this type of thing. And to me, I feel like it really, and, and I think... The point Malcolm Jenkins was trying to get at was that things like this d- diminishes the Black Lives Matter movement. And to me, I feel like there's all, whenever like Black people are making like a step forward, aside from like the civil rights movement, there's always some other group that's putting away to to make it seem like Black people are preying on them while Black people are asking for their equality. You know, sometimes it's the LGBT community, sometimes it's the Hispanic community. Right now it's the Jewish community. And in the bigger picture of of it all, you know, the police and institutional racism and white supremacists are really who we're fighting against. We're not in a position to pick on anyone else. But I think a bigger issue, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this, is just I feel like every time, you know, when a black person does something wrong, they have to go above and beyond to be uh, apologetic. Like Julian Edelman um, offered, and I believe Deshaun Jackson accepted, for them to each go to Washington, D.C., go to the Holocaust Museum, and also go to the African-American museum that's in Washington. I actually went there and it's a really great place to visit if you ever go to DC. Um, right. it's, it's called like the Amer- uh, African-American heritage and uh, culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he also met with a Holocaust survivor who is 92 years old and it's 2020. So the Holocaust was 1939 or 1936 to 1945 or so. So these people are in their, you know, near the end of their lives, but this, you know, the ones that are still out there, you know, he he's decided to meet with and speak. And I actually, when me and Joel went to high school as my senior trip, I went on a trip to Europe. I went to Germany and Austria and I actually went to Dachau, which was a concentration camp. And it really opened my eyes and it showed me the plight of the Jewish people in Austria and across Europe and the places they were being taken because I saw the small uh, sleeping quarters. I saw the gas chambers that they would have to go into. It's a really sad place to be. And when I saw like the, the quarters that they were living in, I looked at it and it reminded me of the pictures of slave ships. So it, 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 like at that moment, cause I, I, at the time I was very like pro black and black nationalist. I had those type of like leanings at the time. And when I saw those sleeping quarters, I thought to myself, I was like, we, we basically fought the same fight. 
And there's a lot of Jewish people that have helped in the civil rights movement. And I'm pretty sure there was a lot of Jewish people that were out and about with us these last uh, month or two since George Floyd's uh, murder and Breonna Taylor's murder that's been marching with us. So they are allies, you know, that's evident. But my thing is like, it's like when a black man does something, he has to go above and beyond. Like Riley Cooper, he did that. Where was Riley Cooper at Ferguson protesting? When did he meet with any civil rights leaders? Like you have um, John Lewis who actually marched with Dr. King. You have Jesse Jackson I met with Dr. King. I've never seen Riley Cooper meet with any of those people. So, you know, I always, uh, to me, I feel like a lot of the time with these white celebrities that, you know, their racist stuff are being dug up or they had inc racial incidents like Riley Cooper, like uh, a half-hearted apology usually does the trick, but, you know, Deshaun Jackson within hours apologized for posting that thing. Uh, Sean Hader, the pitcher for the Brewers, Joel, you know he was um, involved in rumors coming to the Yankees or the Yankees wanted to trade for him this, this past offseason, right? Yeah. And I, I, I kept on seeing that, and I was like, I don't want this person on my team because uh, during the All-Star game, because uh, what do they call that, Mike? Doxing? When they bring up, when they find out, like, your, oh, yeah. your past they and did, stuff like, like that? They dig into your uh, past tweets. Like, I've seen – I've heard of, like, celebrities – all the way back in like 2009, 2012, when they were like 17, 21, I guess they, you know, they kept the same, they kept the same uh, social media accounts. And then now they have like 40K and, you know, they just kept them and you can go all the way back and, you know. Yeah, let that yeah, be a lesson. To, a lot of celebrities. Yeah, let that like be a lesson you. to you, you two uh, and, and me. We got to erase all our old uh, <laughs> hey, statuses and I, I, tweets. I, I don't know for I, a fact. I got nothing I, too crazy. I, I legitimately did, and it was just like because they were bad, they were like not funny jokes. They weren't in, they weren't insensitive, or they weren't they yeah, just but, weren't funny. But over so time, I got rid but, of them. But over the time, over time, you learn. Yeah, of the, course. The, the reason I brought up Sean Hader is because he basically comes out, he apologizes, and also like Riley Cooper because Mike Michael Vick, a person who literally had to walk through broken glass to, to reestablish his name after his, his dogfighting incident, which he wasn't even really like a part of. He just owned the house. That, that thing that, I mean, that's not, you know, well, absolving them of it, but well, you know. there, there's some people, yeah. Well, there's some people who, uh, they own a house and it's not dogs, but they have like the like human trafficking and stuff like that. And they didn't do anything. Yeah. But they were, culpable, you know, you, you know? own the house. But yeah, there's, there's mean, a situation like Riley Cooper. He goes to a country concert in uh, Philadelphia. It was in Philadelphia, right? At the link? Uh, it was due there, D.C. Yeah, and he, I guess there were black security. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, sorry. It was, in, uh, it was where they play. It was in Philadelphia. Yeah, and it was like uh, black security guards. And, you know, they're doing their job. They're restricting him access because, uh, all right, buddy, you're like the third receiver on the eagles <laughs> you know star but either yeah, way we're doing your job you can't go backstage so he says i'm gonna hop the fence and fight every nigger in here and it's on video so it's him it, like at least with deshaun jackson he could have said yo somebody hacked my account that wasn't me blah 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 blah. but like you see riley cooper's face in this yeah I, 
am I crazy? Or I remember back in 2013 when this happened that a lot of his teammates were like, oh, no, he's my friend. And they were like, they were black. They were like, oh, no, they like defended him. Do you remember that? They were yeah. kind of like, oh. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, they usually have to think because with Sean Hader, uh, his black teammates came out and like took up for him. And then he gets suspended by the team, rightly so. For his his you know his old tweets, which were racist, sexist, misogynist, all kinds of different bad stuff. I think it was like uh, homophobic also. And he comes out after his he's suspended, and gets like the hero's welcome, like a standing ovation. You swear the guy beat cancer. Like I've seen players come back from beating cancer that didn't get the kind of ovation he got in Milwaukee. Was it a Eric response? Yeah, and like. I just remember that, and I was like, I hope nothing good happens for the city of Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you think, what else can happen in this summer? Like, what else is going on? I mean, like, the Redskins finally are changing. I mean, I think if anyone does something or if they say something, I think it's it's just uh, – it's a lot of – has to do with education. That's the thing. Like, all these mistakes, there's just, like – they're trying to cancel, cancel culture. I know there's a lot of backlash at that too, but I see from a lot of like the more progressive and left, they're saying like, no. And I see a lot of things on Twitter where they're like saying, oh, they're like the billionaires and like the, the media people don't want their uh, opinions to be uh, like, they don't want to be canceled. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see a lot of the same people who, who are, um, who are, uh, like the left and progressive are saying, let's let's cancel cancel culture. I saw literally someone talk about that because they want people to you make a mistake and you learn from it. That's what I've been saying for like five you know five years. Like if people make mistakes and everything, and isn't that the whole thing? Like you learn. Life yeah. is about learning. I've made so many mistakes. I learn and you move on and hopefully, yeah, and others can understand it. That's my feeling about cancel culture. Like. I don't mind people sticking around if they go out and they learn and they actually make make an effort to change. Like I said with Riley Cooper and Deshaun Jackson, like Deshaun Jackson is flying out to Germany to visit a concentration camp with a Holocaust survivor to better educate himself on the plight of the Jewish people during the Holocaust. Whereas Riley Cooper, he basically said, I'm sorry, and did nothing with it, and then it, it just it, it it makes you feel that in a Riley Cooper's case, it's I'm sorry I got caught, where in a Deshaun Jackson's case, it's like I'm sorry that I did what I did. Exactly, and it kind of reminds me of because uh, a lot of these athletes, uh, from when they're five until when they're thirty-five, are like kind of uh, what do you call it? Like they're taken care of. And they kind of have the mindset, like they're still in high school and college. And let's say a high school guy or a college guy does something wrong. A lot of times I've seen, I can't give you specific uh, examples. and I wish I could. Mm-hmm. But it kind of gets swept under the rug sometimes when it's a, some, some particular athletes. And then some other athletes who make mistakes or get caught with some, they're like black, they're black, they're blackballed. And like they'll go from number one in the draft and they'll go to like number fifteen or twenty and everything and like mm-hmm. he's like a problem, yeah. a problem figure. But a lot of other people, 
it's kind of like you find out maybe not with docs and you'll find out a lot of things they did uh but i think a lot of the theme of this episode was like double standards i've been yeah, thinking about yeah. that with the topics double standards and like the oh. last the last thing i want to say about riley cooper um before i let you finish mike you know the owner of the team is jewish the GM of the team is Jewish. So here are two people that hold uh, Riley Cooper, I mean, uh, Deshaun Jackson's uh, livelihood in their hands. And, you know, that's also, you know, when we talk about the, the stuff we're out in the street protesting with Black Lives Matter, that's a, 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 a systematic structural racism there because throughout all four major sports leagues, there's only one black owner. And that's Michael, jo- Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan bought that team from the only other black owner. So, you know. And then, uh, and also Michael Jordan is kind of like, he's like a pop culture prophet. Like, he's like, Muhammad Ali, he's like not a typical former athlete or a, or a black businessman. You know, he's kind of on that other, you know, that other plateau. And uh, you got to see more, like more, you, there's all these, uh, all these uh, businessmen, you don't know who they are, but they're like billionaires, mm-hmm. you know. But Michael Jordan is his figure, and you know, you gotta see more of it. You gotta yeah, see more. So, of it. so with like Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, you know, where I came, you know, the the point I was trying to make before, like, if it was any other team, you know, it was like carte blanche, like you could do whatever you seem fit to deal with this. But if they if they were more strict with Deshaun Jackson than they were with Riley Cooper, you know, you could easily say, well, all right, because you're, because since you're the owner and you're the GM and you're Jewish and he offended Jewish people, you could do what you want to do. But, you know, when, you know, your receiver seven years ago said, like, blatantly threatened to, to, um, assault black security guards at your stadium because the concert was at their stadium it was fine. It was something, you know, that you could just um, apologize and just move on from. Whereas with blacks, we don't have any, it is far less black coaches, far less black GMs, and there are absolutely no black owners. So it's like, who, who, where, where are our people when we get offended and slurs are raged against us to be upset and voice their frustration or their um, vitriol at these players? There are none. And, you know, like I said, that's an economic and societal uh, construct built on racism because that's probably why you don't have many black owners because there aren't many you know, affluent black people in in general, really. Joel, any other things to talk about with this? Yeah, because we said a lot. Yeah, so I, you you had yeah. to you had to form your own opinions. Yeah, like um, I don't want to. I have this quick parallel no, I'm I want to talk about. But Joel, I'm interested in hearing what else you got to say about this because. Yeah, this is like Shabon said. Uh, Anytime a black or Hispanic person, when you dig up their history, if they said anything racist or anything homophobic or whatever the case might be, it's like we have to apologize times 10. We have to not only verbally apologize, we have to show, we have to work that put people on or, or whatever the case might be. 
in order for us to see that, you know, we're sorry. And with Riley Cooper, there was a whole video, it was recorded, and we already know when a white person is recorded doing something racist, obviously it's never a bad thing. Like, but an old tweet, and as you guys were saying, it wasn't even like attributed to Hitler himself. You it's just you know, go ahead with it and just ride the wave. Like, that's really annoying, honestly. It's just frustrating. That's why I was so quiet, because I'm just hearing, and it's, all of this, like I said, it's just, it's just like clockwork. It just happens all the time. That's why I was really, like, mostly quiet. But, um, yeah, it's just a shame that I know. Who was the, the Yankees again? The, when it was drafted, I forgot his name. Um, you mentioned the, earlier. Oh, the one for the Brewers, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Sean, Sean Hader. Yeah, Sean Hader, like, bro, like, oh, man. Like I said, I'm just like, all of this is just going to sound like, um, like verbal diarrhea. It's going to sound like the same thing over and over again if it comes out of my mouth. No, nah, no. Um, basically, it happens with, like, white celebrities, too, where, like, a, a public figure says something and then they become, like, the poster child for it. And, like, they don't shake it. And then somebody else does it, and it's kind of, like, not as severe, but, like, kind of, like, they choose someone to be at the poster child. And I think Deshaun Jackson right now is – they're using him as kind of, like, kind of as, like, a poster child for this, and they're going to – It's not – it wasn't – it was, like, Kevin Hart, too. He's another one that he had old tweets pop up, like, a few times. But then once he had to apologize, like, a thousand times. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up, Joel, because like with Kevin Hart, right? The whole reason he didn't want to step down from the Oscar thing or apologize to it from it is because he had already apologized from it for it before and he had already said like the jokes that he made, like he already learned from it. And people were trying to like keep on beating a dead horse. And that's why I say the thing with cancel culture, it's fine to me when you do it and it's, it's you do it to people that just don't want to change. Like they don't, they're, they're, they're just dumb. That's their views. You can't change it, whatever, whatever. But when it's um, people that actually want to learn from them and change, then you, you shouldn't cancel them. Mike. I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, that's serial. But uh, what's the word again? When you like, you get so many chances and like you get, keep going back to jail um, and you just keep doing the same thing over and over again. That's serial like whatever. I'm trying to think of the word. Habitual line Habitual, stuff. yes. <laughs> if you're habitually doing it, like a Mel Gibson, like habitual, that's great. That's uh, what I was exactly thinking about. But a parallel to Kevin Hart and Deshaun Jackson and everything, we'll see about Deshaun Jackson because it's only been like a week. But I've been thinking about this for like 10 years or like before they even had this, they coined the phrase cancel culture. Is, uh, is one of my favorites, uh, Mike Tyson. So when he came on the scene in the 80s, he was – it was the golden boy. Everyone loved him. He was like a Michael Jordan. I'm talking about everyone loved him. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. Something terrible happened. Uh, he went to prison. And then he became... And then the, before that, he had like a, the, the complicated relationship. Uh, Robin, yes. Yeah. So basically, that was the beginning of kind of them turn... Everyone, the public turning on him and turn, making him kind of like a source of entertainment and tabloid news and then he went to prison we all know what happened came back 
he kind of had a different demeanor. He was kind of like angry. He would say he would say homophobic things. This was before Twitter, but he would say it in the mic. But then there was a moment where he kind of, you know, he had to like, he had to bow down or he had to like apologize publicly and everything through different things that he did. Then he became like his character, like in the last like 10 years, 15 years, maybe. He became like a sympathetic, he became more of like a sympathetic character. And that's like, after, that's like a 30 year thing. And a lot of, that's like kind of like a, like a long tale, a long story that may happen with other other people now but since social media is like so instant and it's so things are happening so fast like maybe a week from now Deshaun Jackson's gonna have a different they're gonna have a different uh like opinion on him and they're gonna be promoting him as kind of like a spokesperson for learning more mm-hmm. but it's just the whole thing with Mike Tyson's like 30 years but now in the future well, who knows yeah and then one other thing we didn't mention was like a lot of um because it's, it's a small uh minority of Jewish players in the league or former Jewish players. So some were wondering why, like, the black players didn't come out and speak against them. I'm going to let you know, on black Twitter, when this thing dropped, everybody was, like, had the attitude, like, oh, no, like, come on, Deshaun Jackson, you don't quote Hitler. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is, like, you know, a lot, like, we were on, you know, the side that wanted to, to scold and chastise him because it was wrong. But at the it's same your... time, like NFL players, right? It literally took four years for <clears throat> players, black and white, to throw support behind Colin Kaepernick. It took four years for the league to acknowledge Colin Kaepernick. So excuse me if like a day or two after this thing happened, before Deshaun Jackson apologized and he's, he's making all of these um, different efforts to educate himself and better himself as far as anti-Semitism goes, you know, excuse him. Like, he took responsibility for it himself and the people around him, like Malcolm Jenkins, he said, listen, you know, we are not Jewish people's problem. Jewish people are not our problem. Like, as to say, we're not enemies. We're basically fighting the same fight, except the only thing is their fight lasted for that time period. Whereas our fight lasted from the time they snatched us up in Africa up until when I woke up this morning. So we're still fighting that fight. That's the only difference. But, you know, Jewish people are our allies and we are, you know, aligned with the Jewish people as well. Yeah, basically, uh, to wrap it up, it's uh, time. Everyone jumped on him before he had the opportunity to reevaluate and have like a communal reactions like talking to him conversation which is like a buzzword keyword have a conversation and dialogue. a dialogue and um uh, credit his uh his uh uh like there were so many articles uh like espn it was just like uh like a five i heard like a five minute speech about it and all these magazine covers yeah, it's like you know, give someone a chance to be educated and like learn because right. we're always learning. Yeah, I thought this is all like. Oof. I think uh, I can compare this to a lot of uh, situations in, in this year. Hopefully, it's not going to just be forgotten in a couple of days because there are a lot of positives can come from it. 
not just the negatives. Because if you keep it in the past and then you forget, oh, yeah, and you remember it was all negative. But this could be an opportunity for, you know. Yeah, and I think so, too. It's like, it's like I said, I, I went to a concentration camp. Like, before, I always used to have the attitude. Because, as I just said, you know, this is a battle we've been fighting for 400 years. So, my attitude as a 17, 18-year-old at the time was, you know, why are Jewish people complaining? Like, they only had to go through this for, like, 10 years. Whereas black people had to go through slavery for, you know, 200 plus years and then you know Jim Crow and all that other stuff and it's like you can't really compare the two like they're both things that shouldn't have happened to to freaking begin with and it's like going there and seeing the gas chambers and it's like you know people used to like the 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 SS used to literally tell these people like all right you've gone days without bathing you're you're nasty this on the third you're going in there and you're taking a shower not knowing they stepped in there, they unleashed toxic gas and killed them. So it, it, it's atrocious things. And it's something like that I learned from. So maybe Deshaun Jackson actually going and talking to a Holocaust survivor, going to Auschwitz and visiting a concentration camp, he'll have the same enlightenment that I have had. Uh, if not, he already had it. But I think the the thing that pissed me off is like Riley Cooper, he didn't do any of that. Like you could go to John Lewis and John Lewis will tell you about them getting food thrown at them and getting beat up and spat on while they were marching or while they were doing sit-ins uh, back in the civil rights era. And he didn't, nor has he been involved in any kind of advancement for black people since. So one could argue, did he, he learn from it? I don't know. But uh, we're going to switch things up. We're going to be a little bit. We're going to talk about relationships and Hollywood relationships next. We're going to talk about a couple of our favorite celebs. All right. So Johnny Depp, one of the most famous male actors of our generation. Uh, uh, He hooked up a couple of years ago with Amber Heard. Uh, in 2009, they met on the set of a film called The Rum Diary. Uh, I think I saw it. I think I ordered it on Netflix, but I vaguely remember the movie because it wasn't really like a good, good movie. I think it was a Hunter S. Thompson movie. And, you know, uh, Johnny Depp from <laughs> Fair and Loathing in Las Vegas, him and Hunter S. Thompson were good, were good friends. So he did that movie. And he met Amber Heard on it. They were together. Well, from what I read, it wasn't really clear if they got together after that movie because that was 2009. And him and his previous partner, Vanessa P- Vanessa Paredes, uh, they had broken up after a 12-year friend, uh, relationship in 2012. And he became married to Amber Heard in 2000 in 2015 and they were together uh as husband and wife from 2015 to 2017 and both allege that there was physical emotional every type of abuse on the list in their relationship and they allege the other did it to them and now Johnny Depp is involved in a $50 million defamation suit 
against Amber Heard for her op-ed in the Washington Post a few years back. Mike? Yeah, so uh, Johnny Depp, one of the biggest uh, actors in Hollywood in the last 35 years now because he came out onto the scene in the mid-80s. Nightmare on and, Yeah, and then he was in another, like, uh, screwball comedy that I just recently saw. Mm-hmm. And so if you go through the list, all his partners were actresses, young actresses. Sherilyn Fenn, uh, she was in uh, a lot of things in the 90s. Later on, uh, Wyoming Ryder was a fam- one of the most famous ones, and everybody knows I'm in love with. Yeah, I know it's a touchy subject, you know, because you you still hurt for her. Yes. But uh, you know, Johnny Depp famously got the Wyona forever. Later on, now he has Wino forever, so that's uh, that that's interesting. But then uh, Kate Moss in the '90s, and then these are all women that he like fell in love with, and he proposed to all of them. Never got married, though. He proposed to all of them. And then the woman, his fourth serious uh, partner, was a French actress. He met on set, like like is usually the case. Like, Wyona Ryder was just like, hell, hell gay. That was for Wyona Ryder. And then uh, later on, in 99, he met mother of his two children. And they were together. They never got married. And then when he finally settles down, it's a very complicated public relationship that's tabloid fair for the last like five five years. And we're gonna jump into that now. Originally, I know he's in a defamation suit now, but this goes back to when um, Amber Heard took him to court. And, uh, and so he, I guess he had like a half a million dollars and so he's a hundred million dollars in the hole. And then people were like, Usually, like, again, it's double standards. There were a lot of people were siding with Amber Heard. And then now, things are coming to light. And uh, in in more recently, there was a fight between uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And basically, um, they, they got in a physical. She hit him, you know, allegedly. And uh, it was her, like, 30th birthday. Apparently, she went wild on him. Uh, and then... the she apparently defecated in the bed. So this yeah. is insane, like crazy. But uh, this, a lot of people have complicated relationships, but this isn't the public eye. And this is what celebrities have to deal with. Yeah. Mm. Joel, complicated relationships. Yeah. yeah, that's especially being in Hollywood. Uh, it must be the most annoying thing ever. Like Johnny Depp, like, he's one of my favorite actors. Like honestly, like I separate, you know, the his personal life from his acting. Like his acting is superb. Like my favorite movie from him, one of my favorites is Donnie Brasco with Al Pacino. I love that movie. But yeah, just like being in Hollywood and in a relationship must be the toughest thing ever. Like, especially when it comes to like domestic abuse, because just in my personal life, like I've been. Not physically, but you know, like I might be told I, I might be like verbally abusive if that's the case. I've, I've, I don't know. I might be talked like, you know, I just have a stern tone in me. But just being accused as a male of anything is just really, really, really annoying. When you try to raise your voice at a female, sometimes, like, honestly, like, 
that's really how some listen. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, you got to yell a little bit, and then they'll finally listen. But just, like, just doing that, you just look like the bad guy. You look like the evil person. So that's, like, in Johnny Depp's case, because I don't know him personally. I don't know his personal life, what's going on. But just being accused of domestic violence just as a male, there's, like, no winning at all. You can't prove that's really annoying, honestly, speaking as a man. That's really annoying. Right, but on the flip side, now it completely flipped around where Amber Heard is the one who's allegedly the verbal, uh, physical, uh, violent partner. Like, this is what's right. interesting with the whole like, double standard thing. Now Johnny Depp is the sympathetic character, sympathetic person. And actually, uh, my better half, she had like two crushes, celebrity crushes, kind of like Wyona Ryder with uh, Suge. Hers was Johnny Depp, still is. And I told her that we we're going to talk about this today. And uh, basically, she said, I know when uh, something happens where it's like uh, a, a domestic, uh, a very uh, troubled relationship, you're, uh, she says, as a woman, you're expected to side with, the, side with she wrote, si your sisters, you know. But she was like, no, this was an unhealthy relationship, toxic relationship. There's documentations of all this. It was recorded, the whole fight, apparently, because it's quoted. Uh, Shug, what else happened? A very violent uh, act happened to him. Yeah, so there was an incident where she threw a vodka bottle at him. And I guess he tried to, like, you know, swat it down with his hand. And his hand, you know, it broke, the bottle broke, you know, mid, you know, from him swatting it down. And it cut piece of his finger. And it actually exposed him to... MRSA, um, MRSA, which is like a bacterial infection, and sometimes it could be deadly. And in his case, it actually was like a deadly infection. And if he hadn't gotten to the hospital, you know, we might have been talking about him in the past tense right now. Yeah, that's um, terrible. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, so well, basically, it, it, well, mm -hmm. sorry, his whole like story, he was like the romantic guy, and he proposed to everyone, got the tattoo. Uh, the woman that is like the mother of his children was like a long relationship. And when he finally settles down, uh, there's obviously, there's, it's uh, common knowledge that he had uh, substance abuse. And um, it's just a sad thing where he's at, hopefully he has his next chapter is a little more positive. And we're in the middle of this right now. And it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, that he hasn't really spoken out. I mean, he has a quote where, where he, um, Basically, he was saying that he's like the victim and everything, and it seems it's a big deal. Like, I know everyone's like anti Amber Heard, and she's still getting work, but you know what it is, and like it's just society. Like men, we can't say when we're hurting or when something's wrong with us. It's just we can, but nobody's really gonna listen. We're gonna look like pussy. It, it's like you said. Like it, it, it's like it's you said. It's, a, it's it's definitely a double standard when it comes to domestic violence and sexual violence towards men. It's a you know with this situation here where the woman seems to be the abuser, you know, according to what you said, because you know there's way more photographic evidence of Amber Heard being the abuser than him. I think the only thing that she had was a video that was released um, a couple of years ago. I think it was during the like divorce proceedings where he was like yelling at her, but 
you know, objectively speaking, if you're listening to that video or watching that video, it's just her with the camera towards her face and him yelling. But to me, it seemed like he was yelling in defense of himself rather than yeah, yelling at her like or a, threatening her, you know? What, what did you like say, Joel? Earlier, like I, it's like I said earlier, like when I've been told, like when I yell, I'm like trying to like be mean. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to defend myself. Like you're not listening right now. Yeah, like, and you're I'm, not understanding the calmness. And so I, speak, I gotta yell right. Speaking for all three of us, because I mean, well, I've never really seen Mike yell or anything like that. But speaking for us two, you know, we're usually very like calm and laid back and relaxed. And there are points where you know we let things build up and people push our buttons. That you know sometimes you know you got to let it out and you're yelling and you're screaming and you're this and you're that. And it's just, you know, I see that type of personality with Johnny Depp. And I think that's why he does what he, I think that's why he responded to her the way he did. He's sensitive. You can tell from the movies he made. I was talking to, I was talking to my, my girlfriend and she said like, there was no way when the first reports came out that he was being abusive. She was like, there's no way because uh, you know, of course she was like a super fan, but she's like, there's no way. And she never like, oh no, Johnny Depp canceled. Like he shouldn't. She waited it out and always. And you know, but this is before this came out, and I would be like, uh, oh, Johnny Depp's in the news. I guess I was being like a little. I wasn't joking around, but I was like, oh, you see what happened to Johnny Depp? And she's like, uh, it wasn't. It's not true. And I was like, all right, but uh, well, the, you know, the truth is coming out. And like another thing, you know, when it comes to this there is a double standard with men and women because I actually had a friend, you know, like he was actually like sexually assaulted by a woman because she basically uh, locked him in a room and told him he wouldn't, he couldn't leave unless he slept with her. He could leave. And she would say that like he raped her and it was like a white black thing you know, he was black, she was white, so he knew, you know, it wasn't gonna, like, work out for him, and, you know, if you presented that to the police, like, yeah, like, if it was, a, if the, the rules were reversed, you know, he would be in jail if he would have locked her in that room and told her if she didn't sleep with him, you know, she couldn't leave, you know, that's rape. Kidnapping and rape. Exactly. Yeah, so the recording that um that was used in court was after the fact that Amber Heard started uh hitting him, allegedly from Johnny Depp's uh, statement, and it all came about because it was her birthday party. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing at your birthday party? You know, thirtieth. That's a big deal. Yeah, mind you, she's thirty and he's fifty. He, he was like fifty something years old at the time too. So obviously, yeah, it's mean, a different energy. Yeah. So then she's getting up there, and they, we all know that was terrible. That like when he hit a certain age, so a lot of actresses they aren't seen as viable anymore, which is terrible. But apparently, Johnny Depp went to bed. Like he he just like slept. He maybe he was a little, he was like loaded or whatever, and he just wanted. I'm not. I'm just saying maybe. And he went. He went to sleep. He went to sleep, and she wanted to still you know have him there and everything, and uh, that's where apparently it broke out. He maybe uh, there was another thing going on, and he just wanted to go away, and he held it in. He didn't want to get all 
like you said, that happens to me too, where I, I use like humor and I, I don't say anything. It keeps, something keeps happening. And then if I, I might have a moment and then I look like a, a maniac, you know, so yeah, it always yeah, happens. Yeah. This is his maniac moment. And now he lost, he lost the same, like, G, G, like a freaking small country, the, the amount of money that small country has. And he lost it, mm-hmm. which is nuts. He went like almost bankrupt. But yeah, I mean, relationships are complicated. Um, especially like long, long lasting, uh, long-term relationships. We're going to talk about another relationship that was long-term and very complicated and in the public eye. But any last thoughts on this, uh, Joel, Johnny Depp? Yeah, like, uh, just the double standards annoying. Like, like, again, like, guy almost died. Like, he got an infection and almost died. And it's almost like it's just going to go under the wing because, again, as males, if we complain or we come up front and saying we're being abused or we're hurting our feelings or hurt or whatever we just get looked as feminine or you know we're we're pussies and that's just like a real annoying double standard even though it goes both ways I'm sure there's double standards that women don't like but that's why we both gotta just stop and just treat everyone there's always someone who feels like they're better in their relationship and that's also like what we're gonna get into as well but yeah, some people just gotta like relax and stop acting like someone's better than the other, because then that's when problems like, stop with the double standards. Yeah, and then one yeah. last thing I want to say about that incident at her birthday. So apparently, it was the same day he found out that his former finance manager had swindled him out of $650 million, and then another $100 million that that person was supposed to be paying in taxes on his behalf, they never paid for it. So he was on hot water with the uh, federal government. And, you know, obviously those two things are exhausting in of itself. Um, He gets to LA and I believe he was flying from New York. So he was um, probably jet lagged. Because I've only been to the West Coast one time. I went to Las Vegas, and I've I've told people like the the four days I spent there, each of them I had to take a nap for about three hours because of the time difference. So he arrives there, and you know she's having a birthday party, and she just turned thirty. I just turned thirty, so I know like my you know body and my energy is a lot different than it would be for somebody in their 50s. And he wanted to sleep. And I, I'm the only thing I wasn't clear about, or I, I, I couldn't um, come to the conclusion of, is whether or not she shot in his, in his bed before or after he went to sleep. And apparently in the same incident, he got up off the, uh, he got up out, out of the bed and she started to like wail on him, you know, like throwing hands and all of this stuff and you know it's a situation like you talk about joel where as a man what are you supposed to do then like this woman's attacking you like you can't hit her back as soon as you hit her back like your your career and your life is basically over right and uh yeah with the business that was the whole court thing it wasn't uh, like a divorce and uh what I, what I was trying to say was clarify i don't want uh snopes to come and uh, fact check me i meant to say that he finally got married. Um, he wanted he wanted that whole set. He wanted to settle down. Uh, maybe in the back of his mind, he was afraid that if he actually divorced her, maybe he would have to 
you know, he'll lose a lot of money because uh, that's how it goes. I think, and if I get, I'm aware he's like, and you know, in Calif- and you know, in California, you have to yeah. give half, regardless. Yeah, automatic. Regardless. I don't know if he was, Yeah, I don't know if he like. I think France was where he was living, but obviously he's not with that woman. The his mother was showing it, so maybe he is based in L.A. And that's like, that's like that all happens all the time with celebrities, and it's that could have been the back of his mind. Not to mention. Not to mention her and a few other of his former relationships and even his daughter came out in his defense and said, you know, and these are people that don't have to say these things. And they said he was never abusive to them. He never was verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, this, that, and whatever. For whatever reason, they broke up. It was never because of those things. So the, the idea that he was an abusive person was something like germane to them. Yeah, sure. I think he just when you work with someone intimately in a movie, it happens a lot. It happened with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. He he seems like a sensitive guy and like wow, like you're on a set, you're on a movie set, you're in Hollywood, you're in make believe, and then that doesn't translate when you're like, oh, I'm shooting this movie uh, for a couple months, I'll see you, and then things just fall apart. And you know. That's, you know that's what I think that happened. And then he wanted someone that he could just, you know, stay with. And cause he was hitting the 50 mark when they got together, you know, now he's 57, which is crazy. Yeah. And then, um, her, her career, like his career was kind of, um, uh, it, it took like a serious hit because I remember he was, he was in the um, movie, um, the fantastic beast, Movies, the the Harry Potter stuff, Joel. You might know more about that than I do. And they yeah. wanted him off of those yeah, movies. Yeah, they wanted him off of those movies, and I think they were gonna make like another Pirates of the Caribbean with him. And they decided to just reboot the whole thing uh, recently without him, which is insane to me because what is Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, for good, bad, or uh, whatever, without Jack Sparrow? You know, he he took that yeah, hit, but Amber Heard like she's gonna be in the um she she plays like Aquaman's wife, like she's not you know missing anything. Like I remember Amber Heard like she was um the first I was introduced to her was in Pineapple Express as Seth Rogen's girlfriend in in that movie where she was a oddly enough she was the younger girl, a eighteen year old high school girl dating a guy in his 30s and here she is in real life in a relationship with a guy who's like way older than her art imitating life life imitating art that's an old saying yeah and then um didn't johnny depp also like accuse her of um extramarital things with like elon musk and carly car, car what's her name car, cara delavine oh uh oh, geez. wait a minute what was the last one that she had like a threesome with Elon Musk and Cara Delevingne while they were married or something like that. Cause she had dated uh, Elon Musk like right after they divorced or something like that. So, you know, I I guess he was accusing her of actually having a relationship with him and engaging in like, you know, other sexual stuff with other people and stuff like that while they were married. That was another accusation. Okay. So stereotypically, uh, John, like, you, Johnny Depp found himself in the stereotypical uh, wife position or the woman's position where like that's what it seems because uh, everyone has that whole 
that whole that whole idea where the woman's in that situation. But then the role as a revolt role reversal, and there's another very public relationship that's in the news. Uh, very complicated, uh, kind of similar with just uh, very public, uh, kind of like it's not a divorce, but it's it was getting to that point, and it was Jada Pickett Smith and Will Smith, and everyone's talking about that now. Another celebrity relationship that we're going to chat about is in the news right now. Uh, it's Jada Pickett Smith and uh, Will Smith, and they have been in the public eye together for 25 years about. They met when they were young. Long, long-term relationship. And things happen in that in long-term relationships, especially a marriage with children. And of course, in the public eye, a lot of stress. And uh, Jada has a show where it's like three generations, her mother and her daughter Willow. And they talk about, it's called uh, the Red Table Talk. And they talk about just, different kind of like a view thing and they just talk about like uh uh just like topics of like being a woman and just being like cultural things too but then most recently she had will smith on and this has been in the news a lot because a lot of people have opinions because if for me it felt like a big budget hollywood marriage counseling session and a lot of interesting things popped out of this and uh let's just get back into where they first met and we'll build up from there, and then we'll lead up to their most recent uh, uh, everything going on with them right now. Will and Jada, they first met. It was actually actually on the set of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, you know, classic TV show, one of my favorite TV shows. And she didn't get the role. You know, apparently she was too short for the role, so it ended up going to Nia Long instead. And you know, Nia Long, she played Lisa very well very good as well but even before the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Will well Jada she was just starting off the career she was on different world and I believe that's when Will actually first caught glance of Jada so they already had like some type of well at least Will already had like eyes for her but Will was already married to I believe I'm not saying her name wrong I believe Sheree Zampino. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe I pronounced her name right. But he was ma- already married to her, I believe, with one kid before, you know, divorcing and then finally getting married with Jada. And then, of course, Will and Jada have uh, Jaden Smith and Willow Smith as kids. So that's like the background of how they met. Right. Yeah. And then apparently a few weeks ago, uh, it was brought to light by August Alcina, an R&B singer who I'm a huge fan of because he has like a fantastic singing voice and a lot of his material I enjoy because he sings from like a single man's perspective and that's what I want to like preface this because uh, both of my partners here they're in relationships and uh, I'm usually the perpetually single one as I said before my DMs are open (laughs) 1-800-223-9797 So I would, I would just speak from the single man's perspective. And August, uh, in an interview with Angela Yee of The Breakfast Club, but I don't think it was for The Breakfast Club, it was for something else. He admitted that he was in a relationship with Jada Pinkett 
but he said that he had gotten Will's blessing, which was something that was contentious for Joel. Yeah. That right there is like, even if it's true that he did get Will's blessing, like, August, like, should have just kept his mouth shut. You don't go on a platform and admit that. Like, that's something you hold down. Like, for real. Especially considering, like I said, the, just the Will and Jada, like, before all of this happened, they were, like, the at the top of, like, celebrity marriages. Like, like J. Cole had a line, I want that Jada and Will love. Like, everybody always wanted that way that uh, Jada and Will love. So before all of this, you know, they was clean. Obviously, nobody's clean cut, but still. The fact that August had to just, like, run his mouth, like, kind of like you as a man you really need to just hold that down mm-hmm. that's right that's right there and that leads into my uh my theme that i keep bringing up about uh double standards and like but also role reversal yeah so like on the this is well that happened a couple of weeks ago and you know jay was probably like all right we're gonna go on my show and we're gonna talk about this and we're gonna air our dirty laundry and she probably didn't say that but she was like we're gonna clear this up because I can't have like my image like you know we're gonna talk about this we can't that same thing like they were up here on this on this uh, pedestal and came up like the whole August thing came up and she described it as an entanglement and Will Smith right away was like don't you mean a relationship like you like you know like, I know he's an actor and that was that seemed so real I know like they they're both these great actors but it seemed so real and uh, then she was like yeah it was a relationship and. A lot of people are saying kind of like when they had their break because uh they had like they separated jada and will and that whole thing came up about uh will oh august said will gave me permission and then jada is like i don't know no one gives no one can give permission to have me or whatever like that and that led into more conversations about uh when jada was with August, uh, August apparently was having difficulties. Uh, it was like mental health or something like that. And yeah, he had an autoimmune disease too. So he he was mentally not there and physically not there too. And you know he had a a bad relationship with his mom, and he lost his brother, and he actually yeah, took in his brothers. Crazy. He took in his brother's daughters. And raised them as as his own, cause he he actually took like a a good, uh three or four year break from making music. He actually released an album the other day, and I think that's why he did, um that interview. Right, and there's a lot of like, this this may happen in long term relationships, like with uh, everyday people. Um, but it doesn't really happen in a big budget, uh, Facebook watch show. So you can always say like, oh, this is kind of like orchestrating it because they're all having their own in the industry. But I just think it's wild. Like where you might see like a couple going back and forth on like social media and then people like chime in and everything. But this is, this is, you know, big budget TV show. And I just find it interesting, but it's still like, this happens to a lot of people. Like, uh, I'm not sure about you guys, but if you're in a relationship, things that, you know, you're having issues and stuff. And then maybe, uh, you decide, like, you know, just we'll, we'll just chill out for a while, give you space and everything. And then, like, the man is, like, you're not expecting, like, the woman right away to, like, be with someone. And I think Will like, kind of was, like, oh, shook about that. And apparently, 
uh, August was fatuated, like he fell in love with her. And Jada uh, kind of was like, I wanted to feel good. So it was all like physical. And and then they got back together. And I guess it's been, it's been shaky with uh, with him. And Will's kind of like, uh, you could tell he was like, uneasy about it. Like he was like, oh, I gave permission. But maybe he didn't expect like it to actually happen. And yeah, uh, I think both of them clarified it because they acknowledged that August said that because he didn't want to come off as a homewrecker or someone who was, you know, messing with a married woman. What he probably meant to say and he couldn't communicate was the fact that they were separated. So technically, Will was single and Jada was single and they were free to see other people. And it's something I think you know, like I said, I haven't had like super long relationships, so I can't relate to it. But I would assume it's something like being a friends, like, you know, me and Joel, we've been friends for a long time. But, you know, there's been times like I hadn't heard from Joel and Joel hadn't heard from me. And we pick right back up. And I think that was the type of thing with Will and Jada where, you know, things kind of got old, especially when you meet each other at such a young age and you get married and you have children and then these children grow up and they start to, the children start to leave and have their own lives and you're back to having your own life and life and you're not like a parent and you're not raising kids anymore. You just assume things are going to revert back to how it was when you guys were dating or when you guys were first married. And sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And you start to realize that, you know, he's not happy. She's not happy. Maybe we need to go our separate ways and try different things. And a lot of times, like, that separates people for good and they get divorced. And sometimes going out there and finding other people, it brings you right back together. Yeah, sometimes when you find out that it's not what you wanted exactly. And you can't, you can't just shame, can't shame her, you know. I mean, everyone like you know. I feel like um, it's 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 not it's not completely like uh, you can blame her. Like, oh, she's like you know, she's a homewrecker. They almost like flipped it like that, uh, but they were they were separated. And I just think that will um, like they agreed on this like the separation, you know, which could happen. And uh, he actually says this. He goes, uh, he goes, don't you mean relationship? And she's like, yes, it was a relationship. And then he goes. Uh, we wanted to, you know, we take our space. And then right away he goes, what happened? Like he got like, kind of like, <laughs> yeah. and then you ended up with like an actual uh, romance and like a relationship. And maybe he thought like, yeah, you have a fling, you know, you'd be able to, you know, random. I don't have to know about it, but he saw it all over the place. And that probably was just like, oh, if we go, we're going to just going to, you know, do, you know, do whatever we want. And we'll see what, how we feel about it. But it's true. They're on the red carpet together. And I guess if you're like a normal person, you see someone on like social media together and you get the same emotions, you're like, oh man, I didn't expect this. So I think that's like maybe something that happened with Will and he was, he didn't expect it to go to like a relationship like right away. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I think speaking from, I, I guess this is where the, the perspective I could, I could actually speak from. A lot of times, I guess the, the idea is like August was like a rebound type of thing. And 
I'll admit, like, I've been in those situations where I've, like, started dating or started talking to women who are out of relationships and, and stuff like that. And when you're that third person, like, you know, you end up getting getting hurt. And I think uh, that was the point of his interview. I don't think it was to air out his dirty laundry. I think the whole interview was meant to talk about where the hell August Alcina has been for the last three or four years. And sometimes that's what gets lost in, in these situations where couples separate and they date other people and they try to find themselves and they try to find happiness and try to rehabilitate themselves. It's like that third person, like they experience a lot of hurt because. Uh, this is why know, people need to stay single. Huh? Like, this is why people just need to stay single. Just like for real, like just stay single. If you're gonna be first, if you're gonna be in a relationship and then plan, okay, we're gonna do this. You talk to whoever you can. Like just be single. Like why be in a relationship? Oh, okay, you could sleep with this many people. If I can, if I could, if I can do what you can, well, just be single. Oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna be like my girl, and then like, okay, no, if you cheat on with me with one guy, I could cheat on you with two girls or something like no. And we could stay together as long as, like, no, I'd rather just be single. And Will, like, alluded to that, too. He said, because he said, I'm going to get you back. And then Jada said, yeah, you got me back already. And I already have my, my like, ideas on that. I think I, I expressed it to all. Um, yeah, me too. I, I had my, yeah. Did I, did I express it to you guys? I don't, I don't blame Will for, his, for the idea, though. The idea was a good idea. Mike, Mike, did I express uh, what, what my, my speculation is on how he got back at her? Uh, yeah, I think I know. I don't, I don't blame Will for it. Yeah, yeah, I maybe don't blame like, him either because maybe, like, maybe something happened on a workplace environment. You mean like? I think it. I think it was Margot Robbie. It, it lines up. I mean, like I said, this is speculation, and I think the reason why on that that red table talk he didn't want to put a name on it or, or put out a name like August did was because, you know, Margot Robbie, I think she got married like a year or two ago. So she's, you know, married. So he probably thought, you know, it's probably best not to like, you know, mess with a healthy home. But it, it does make sense because they were in that movie focused together and they were in Suicide Squad, both movies. They had like a lot of like chemistry I think he did Suicide Squad around the same time Independence Day, that sequel came out. And Joel, we saw that movie, right? Which one? The The Independence Day? Nah, I've never seen it. It wasn't us. Oh, okay. But, you know, he he turned down that role where he would have been, like, the lead role. And obviously, between Independence Day and Independence Day 2 you know, Will Smith became this big star, so he could have commanded, like, an absurd amount of money, and he chose not to, to basically be side character or a supporting character in Suicide Squad. And it makes sense that you'd be in Suicide Squad with, you know, somebody you're in a physical relationship with while you're separated, and for that short period of time, it would you know, it's, it, it, it seems like they would have gotten together and broken up 
you know, he would have did his his thing. Jada would did her thing. They would have got back together and realized, like, you know, their life partners, which is what they refer to each other as. Right. They said twenty five years and counting. You know, and we ride together, ride or die together. And they were saying that's how they ended the kind of like the conversation. Oh, Mike! Mike hasn't uh, seen Bad Boys. He he hasn't seen Bad Boys, so he didn't understand that. <laughs> I don't. Care. I don't. I, I, I need none of them. I didn't see any of them. I don't know why. I'm a big. I'm a Martin Lawrence fan. Will Smith. I respect him and everything, but I'm a Martin Lawrence fan. I'm surprised I haven't seen him yet. Uh, they're on all the time on TNT. Should watch it. All of them was uh, good. Though. Like part three was a good. I love part three. We I saw it as a we saw it as a family and it was it was extremely good. And I ordered it I actually ordered it on demand and you guys know I don't rewatch movies these days, so you know I enjoyed it that much if I rewatched it. One and done, you just get what you want from it. Uh <laughs> yeah, also it was a long late trip and you know, they were like sort of like the the agents of their kid, you know, the, the both their children who got into music and then um film and everything. And at one point, like they're on their own now. I know she still works with her. She is on a television, I mean, a uh, Facebook watch show with her daughter. Obviously, she's very hands on with her career. But you get to the point where you, uh, Shoga said it, where like, what are we doing now? It happens when, again, I keep bringing up like comparing it to, comparing and contrasting to everyday people. You have uh, empty nest homes where like the children go to college or they move out, and the parents are like, oh, what do we do now? And that's a lot. That's sometimes where like either they just they, they get divorced or they you know, stay together. It depends on obviously the relationship. But I think uh, this actually was talked about where when they talk about it, we're like part we're uh, partners. Um, I just think that they'll stick together as like a as a, like the, like friends, and that happens a lot of times with like couples that've been together for decades. No, and I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's that they're just in the public eye, you know. I think sometimes you just you just get stuck. <laughs> I mean, it's stuck in like a good way. It ain't it ain't a bad way. I think it's just sometimes you just it it takes a lot of testing to realize like you know, all right, this person is the one for me. And she said, uh, Will had told her earlier on through their marriage that. He would love her through anything. And she she admitted during that Red Table Talk that he's over and over again proven that. So, you know, I think this little situation made their bond stronger. And I think they just had to get ahead of it before the Internet and Twitter and social media and stuff like that make their own um, assumptions. And I think that's, that's, that's why they came... But she she also said that the the August Alcina relationship was based on her own codependency because, uh, like we said, she tried to fix herself. But with some people, they find that fixing themselves is fixing others, and she admitted that's somewhere where she went wrong, and that's where her relationship with him went wrong, and she became a little bit too selfish. Right, you hit on two points that uh, that I was going to bring up. Uh, basically, you know, like the public guy, and I mentioned this earlier. I was kind of being, kid- I was kind of kidding, but it kind of was like a marriage count. It was like a like they were sitting at a legit table 
in their house. You know, it was ironic. The red table, you know, that's what the show is. But uh, so they were together talking, and then you have this counselor or the moder the mediator. The mediator is the public eye, and they're vicious. Okay. You know, they're vicious. And uh, you great point about uh, getting in front of it, because that's and when you're in the business, you have to jump in front of it before it gets out of control and you have no control over it anymore. And then people make their own decisions. And with social media, they can say anything they want, and then people see it and they think it's facts, and then it becomes gospel. So, yeah, you know, you can say that um, they, they made a whole thing about it, but for their who they are and like. That's a good thing because that's that's the life they've created that they're in the public eye. So uh, I think that was a good thing. It opens you for criticism. But I've seen a couple of things on social media um, as far as um, commentary. So I wanted to ask you guys the, the questions. So one of the things was that, you know, some could say that Jada kind of like preyed upon August and took advantage of him. But it's kind of being swept under the rug because she was the older female and he was the younger male. And as, you know, we've seen over the last few years, Mary Kay Letourneau, like, she just passed away. Uh, she was a teacher that had a relationship with her 15-year-old year, 15 student. And, you I know... He was 12. He was 12, I think. He, yeah, he he was 12. And she had a relationship with him, had kids with him, this, that, and a third. And, you know, the media, like People Magazine, stuff like that, they would always post them because they ended up getting married after he, after she left jail. So they kind of, like, normalized. To, to me, they kind of, like, normalized pedophilia with it because, you know, she was an authority figure and took advantage of a, a student. Uh, but it isn't use the same way when like an older man preys upon like uh you know statutory rapes female student where he had so there's like a double standard so the thing i was saying with like jada was jada was 41 august was i think like 23 and i just wanted to get hear you guys thoughts on you know why that double standard is why was it there well this Period. Men just just as men are like way more when it comes to like things like that. We, we tend to be way more violent, you know, way more. We're just. Well, oh, they physically. expect the worst. They expect the worst. Yeah, they expect ever. the worst from a man and a young girl is what I'm saying. Like we looked at it as more violent, more. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like I'm trying to say too many words, but yeah, we're the aggressors, so that's why it's looked that's frowned upon. And honestly, it's just. To me, it's just way more creepier being in the man, a man, honestly, like, yeah, automatically, cause I, like, cause I've I told, would never even think of dating anyone younger than me, like, even told, if they're, honestly, mm -hmm. five years younger. Because I've told both of you guys, like, I really, um, I, I really get disgusted by older male, younger female relationships. So it's maybe something I got to look into myself. Uh, sorry for interrupting you, Joel. No, nah, it's cool. But yeah, that's why. Um, and also, yeah, it's like the whole cougar thing. There's a whole cougar, what you might call it, like uh, fantasy. So that's like people are watching that. Like it's like a whole cougar thing. Older lady, young kid. You know, I got two things. Oh, sorry. I got two things on that. Well, you just brought up cougar. You brought up two things that I'll I'll uh, I'll, t I'll talk about. First, with the cougar, 
um, you could basically think that both fetishes, but you could say like with the woman is getting her groove back. I think she's like uh, kind of uh, finding herself and it's like a power thing because it's like usually the woman is like feminine and soft. Uh, she got the power now. And, and then the opposite with the men, men, like you said, you said like the aggressive men are seen as powerful. Um, like they're taking advantage. And on the opposite side, it's more like women are empowering themselves. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, with, but with that, with this, with the teacher, I remember when it came out in the late nineties, it was on all the talk shows. I used to watch all the talk shows, Ricky Lake and all that. And um, it was a child, you know, I don't know like why. And then she got, she got only, she only got like a couple of months, I think, or probation or something. And then she violated it. And we talked about it earlier, like you give someone a chance and then they keep doing it habitual. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to kind of, you got to say that like, uh, you give someone a chance, but, and then she went to jail for seven years. They had two kids, two kids together. And she got out. And I remember it was like 2005, I think. And they made a big deal about it. She came out of jail and everyone was kind of like, cameras were there. And she's like, how do you feel? She said, oh, I'm just so happy to see my husband again. And they were like showing it all over the place. Imagine some guy like had an affair. Like, what's his name? The all the um, uh, the the French director. You know, he had to leave the country. Oh, uh, the director, uh, Rosemary's Roman baby. Polanski. Roman yeah, Roman Polanski. Polanski. He left. You know, I mean. Yeah, but well, that was a little like, different. He, like, he, he, he yeah, actually, he won an Oscar and everything. So he, yeah, he like he he raped that girl. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was different, but you don't. But you just said, isn't it, he? T- she took advantage of a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old. It's oh, still he, she took terrible. advantage. He raped. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but the the thing I, I I wanted to to say about Will and Jada was if like the roles was reversed, like let's say that I was Margot Robbie on like Angela Yee, <laughs> and said like you know she got a relationship with Will while she was going through her own like personal battles and you know, they had their whole relationship and he decided he was done with her and he went back to Jada. Like would, would the response by the public be the same way? Because this is a man, an older man taking, taking advantage of a younger female. And again, I must say like the, the Margot Robbie thing, I'm just speculating. I'm not, saying like that's what i heard or i know i think we're gonna get <laughs> snopes is gonna be honest because uh <laughs> we're uh, you know you gotta use the word alleged alleged allegedly uh, yeah allegedly yeah. like Mero does allegedly 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 <laughs> uh but again like honestly it would have been they just would have just been clowning will i don't think they would have focused on the age thing they would have just been, oh, another Hollywood male cheating on his wife. Here we go again. I think, I think they would have, uh, and they would have, they would have uh, ridiculed her too. I think she would have been uh, kind of like labeled a homewrecker, you know. And then this is kind of like all that. And then, but with with Will Smith and Jada, it's kind of like it's being put on her. So I think it's, I don't know, it's like. It's a very common theme today where it's like kind of like the double standards are getting flipped. Yeah, and then the other other thing with that, and because uh, Joel wanted to talk about this, like when it first 
happened, and I was just like, I don't know. I gotta hear more about it. This and third, because a uh, thing with like black Twitter is just like you you could only talk about this, but you can't talk about that. Like they didn't want people talking about like Dwayne Wade's uh son transitioning into female, but at the same time, like everybody could talk about Ti going to his daughter's gynecologist appointment and stuff like that. So it's like a weird, weird dichotomy of like what you can say and what you can't say and what you can have an opinion on and what you can't. So I definitely, with this subject, I wanted to to, to hear everything before we actually did it. And I'm, I'm glad we, we did because we got the table talk with her and Will. Which is something. Still the same though. I still gotta get punched in the face. You still feel he gotta get punched in the face? Cause he yeah, didn't yeah, keep. Yeah. He didn't keep it. Because of you, right? you, keep your mouth shut. He wasn't a side. He wasn't a good side bitch. Um, <laughs> I think she ruined him. Right him. She ruined him. She's the one who wants to. Yeah. Her and Will. I mean, Will gotta, yo, yeah, listen, I listen. Know, listen. I know Will's in his fifties. Listen, I know Will's in his fifties. Will's from Philly. Nah. She's from Baltimore. So you know they ain't, they ain't, you know they ain't, they ain't soft. <laughs> Will got a, nah, Will got a question. Last thing I'm gonna wrap this up for me. I think that when they did agreed to separate, Will Smith thought it was gonna be like that, like on the download stuff, and just like don't bring it up or let's not make put it in the public eye, and it, like it, it happened, and he wasn't really. I don't know if he was doing it you know it's speculation but i think jada had a plan that issue like six months six months in advance she's like all right this is going to happen and she was already mentally ready for someone else will smith maybe wasn't and or you know he just wanted a purely random like physical um i know she also said it was physical but it was a long-term physical thing it was an entanglement long term well you know kind of long term it wasn't random yeah, but I think she was kind of like prepared for it, and I mean, he just was like shocked that he's, oh, it's all over the place now. Like, I wouldn't bring this this person, you know, out on a red carpet, and you're out here with him, and you're you're gonna like, oh, I'm gonna help him out and everything. You know, that's a very intimate thing, and he was probably thinking the opposite. Just, you know, like what a guy would think. You know, it happens to a lot of people. Like, all right, let's do this, and then we'll get back together, like we talked about. And I think, uh, you know, that's that's a that happens in relationships and. Uh, I think they are probably going to move forward together and in the public eye, they'll be seen as like uh, partners and everything. And then their children, you know, they're going to keep going and they're going to, you know, the media is going to keep them in a a positive light. And I think uh, we're going to move on to the next thing that happens, you know, next week. Okay. Uh, So before we move on, I had one more question because there was somebody on social media, I won't name her name, influencer, that she's a female. So she, from a female perspective, she said that the most, that was the most manliest thing she'd ever seen that Will decided to stick with Jada after Jada had a whole nother relationship while they were together, quote unquote. Whereas usually uh, the woman stands by her man in a in an affair or an extramarital entanglement. So 
I just wanted to get you guys' um, ideas or, or what you guys think about people staying in a relationship with a person that cheated and the different double standards when it's a man that cheats on a woman and a woman stays or a woman cheats on a man and a man stays. And would you guys stay in a relationship where a woman cheats on you? So that was your last question. Like, yes, it's happened to me. I've been cheated on and I've stayed. You know? But like, I don't, if anybody, first of all, like any relationship, like I don't think like cheating as long as it doesn't become a habit, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has their weak moments. Somebody's going to cheat. Somebody's, uh, or it even depends on, like, your version of cheating. People have different views on what cheating is. If you text someone else, that's cheating. Me, I think if you have sexual intercourse, that's cheating for me. All of this texting and all of that, I overlook all of that. But I personally am not going to break up. Like, that's just, like, that's not even how you build anything. You don't even, what's the point of getting in a relationship? And that's what I'm saying. So I said, like, I, like, just be single if that's the case. But if you can't, like, work through the first time you're cheating, if it, the second and third time, then by all means, cut the relationship. But yeah, not the first time. Everybody's entitled to, like, just try to fix the relationship the first time. Right. Well, I'm a, I'm a super sensitive guy. I'd be super jealous. I don't think I could be like if we were like in a long, an official long-lasting relationship, and not even not even mentioning a marriage, twenty-five years with two kids, I would be out. I I could never get the vision. Out. I could never I could never not think about it, and then it's it's ruined, it's spoiled. But if you're just if you're in an earlier stage with someone, and you uh, you're not like official or anything like that, what is your opinion? on Just like. Not, not being exclusive, would you feel comfortable if, like, you're building something with someone, but you're not, like, you know, we're not, like, official, would you feel comfortable with just, like, still going out and still being with other people? Or would you, do you feel comfortable with that? Or do you think if you're with someone, you can only be one at a time, even if you're just, like, dating? What do you think about that? Nah, I, mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that being single is just better. When you're single, you could do whatever you want. Like, that's just be single, man. It's not that hard. So if someone just wants someone to attach themselves to all the time. Like, you gotta, like, me, I wouldn't be in a relationship right now if I didn't care about myself. And it's gonna sound selfish as hell, but it is what it is. If I don't care about myself first, I can't be in no relationship with anything, anybody. I care about my happiness first. So it's like, if somebody's trying to bring me down, like, regardless, I'm just... I'll never just like leave a relationship, friendship, whatever. I'll find distance myself, but that distance is gonna become like literally like Avengers. Like I'll disappear out of here. <laughs> That's what that becomes. All right. So speaking as like the only single person here, um, I just feel like if you cheat on somebody, if you're in a relationship with somebody and that person cheats or you cheat, you made a decision for both people. Y'all decided there was something better or something different that was lacking in you guys' relationship that you had to find with somebody else. And if that's the case and you couldn't communicate that with that other person beforehand or before you actually committed the, you know, stepping out, you might as well have been broken up and you give that person a choice. Like it's like that Donald Jones song, you know, where I want to be. If you listen to the words and I had to listen to it as an adult and I was like, 
oh, like, he'd rather break up with his girl knowing that, you know, uh, things ain't working out than go out and step out with, step out on her and then pretend that things are all good when he's with her. So that, that's my idea on it. All right, Shug, final thoughts? Yeah, so on the Deshaun Jackson thing, I think it shouldn't uh, distract us from the the big fight that I wouldn't even say the black community. I say us as America because you can't be a perfect America unless it's equal for everybody. And everybody sees that it's equal for everybody because there's a lot of people that would look at us as a nation and say, all things are equal. You're not treated as bad as you were in the sixties. You're not slaves. You're not this, you're not that. But in reality, it it really isn't equal. And it's, it's been more than evident. And Deshaun Jackson, like I said, within hours, he apologized for it. He's taken a lot of steps towards educating himself, educating himself on the Jewish experience, uh, not only in this country, but across the world. He's meeting a, a Holocaust survivor. Um, he's going to visit these museums. And that's the part I actually love because it's something I, I actually tweeted. Yeah, if Edelman is going to, you know, take him to the Holocaust Museum, you know, while they're there, you know, a couple blocks over is the African-American History and Culture Museum they should visit both and open up some type of dialogue and let's learn about each other. If you go in there and you, you, you see different things and then they could sit down and go down to the, to the bottom floor. There's a cafeteria. They had some great food when I was in there. I, I had some great food in there and it was different type of African-American dishes. I, I thought that was an interesting part of that museum. You know, if they could get in, in, in both museums and learn about each other's culture and we could learn about the strife of each other, that would be fantastic. Uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, um, I hope they could separate from each other and, you know, each could find happiness elsewhere. And if, you know, either of them or both of them need to better themselves as individuals before they get involved with anyone else, you know, more power to them. Will Jada and Alcina, Will and Jada seem like they're going to ride this out, you know, till the very end and they realize, like, they're soulmates or life partners, as they call themselves. Um, August, he had a great new album, The the Product 3, I think, or The Project 3. I listened to it the other day. I enjoyed it. Uh, He's doing some great things for his three nieces. And, you know, whatever help he needs, I hope he's still getting it. And I hope he's still bettering himself as a person going forward. Joel? Uh, On the John Jackson and Riley Cooper, it's like the same. uh, The past few talks that we had is kind of like the same theme. My message is still the same. Like, we all just have to stop being so damn naive stop being so racist like everybody just got to cut it out hopefully you know especially for riley cooper like something he gets some type like a real like he's on camera you know saying like you know pretty much is a hate crime so hopefully 
you know, he has like a more strict punishment, stricter punishment. Hopefully, you know, lose some playing time, whatever the case might be. But yeah, that's like my message for that. It's always the same thing. Like we really just need to get better. And as far as the relationship talk, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Will Jada in August, like this being in relationships can be complicated. It shouldn't be. And the reason why I feel like most compli- uh, um, most relationships are complicated is because people just love listening to what other people think about them or they want to have, they want to pick and choose what other people are doing in relationships and they feel like, oh, that's cute. Let's try that. It's always going to be corny to someone. Like, that's why relationships really don't work, in my opinion. And hopefully Johnny Depp can... Like, honestly, I'm there for she should be in jail. Like, she should do some jail time. Like, send her to jail, lock her up. Because, you know, she's an abuser. Like, it is, if Johnny Depp would have did it to her, Johnny Depp would be in jail. You see right now, Instagram, all over social media, lock Johnny Depp up. So, same thing, Amber Heard, she got to get locked up or something. And August Alcina has to get punched in the face. <laughs> Nice, tied up in a bow. Yeah. All right, so um, with the Deshaun Jackson situation, I think uh, the media didn't help situation. Uh, they jumped on it way too quickly and scolded him without uh, hearing him out first. I think that's the thing where there's no journalism anymore. It's just like gotcha. Gotcha, and it's like entertainment, and it's like check this out. Hey, let's get some clicks. Uh, let's get some immediate reaction, impulse tweets. Uh, I think people need to chill out—not chill out, but people need to take take a breather before they just uh, open their mouths and just. I know because like basically it's like id now. Like you just like uh, just say whatever's on your mind, and and it lasts forever on the internet now. And with the relationship talk with Depp, uh, I think it's also mental health because he had a substance abuse and and she obviously has issues too. Um, I'm not blaming anyone because everyone has like issues with like their health. And I think um, that's the important thing too is not just to like ridicule her and just like demonize her too. Because uh, I think uh, th- the best thing is just to see both sides. And then same thing with Jada's, Jada and uh, Will is um, if the theme of 2020 is like progress and uh, have everyone equal, um, you can't just go back to stereotypes like a man is, this is a man, or this is a man's uh, job, or this is, this is how he should react, and this is how the woman should react. Uh, same thing with Depp and her, like you can't just go back to these old stereotypes because the whole theme is 2020, let's, let's all be equal. And I feel like uh, a lot of the media is picking and choosing where they apply that to uh, all for all three uh, topics today. And as a, as a couple, they have the right to deal with it their own way because it affects like their children too and like their careers as well. But when there's like a third involved, you got to keep their, uh, keep them in, about them and uh, disregard them and just treat them like uh, treat them as um, not important. Like they're just just a quick 
a quick uh, character in this uh, in this story. So I think everything needs to get away from the old the old ideas of like how people should their roles, you know, gender roles and how they uh, like how you're supposed to act. And if we're going to keep moving forward and get rid of all the toxic the toxic uh, ideas, because I think that's like the whole idea of 2020. Then I think it's, uh, I think it's all just bullshit, and they're just you know picking and choosing where they apply this to. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So this has been episode ten of Shug Me the Mooney. Once again, I want to express my condolences to the families of Kelly Preston and the families of uh, Naya Rivera. And I hope that they, them and their friends and, you know, people that know them could make peace. Uh, losing someone is always very hard. I've lost a lot of people in the last decade that were very near and dear to me. So I know what that feels like. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's keeping the memories of them alive and just remembering the fond times you had of them and the good things that they've done in this world. For Mike and Joel and myself, uh, I hope you guys continue listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy episodes to come. We're working on our YouTube channel. So you guys can check out like the visual versions of these shows. I know a lot of people have complained about us uh, pointing things out um, that you'd have to see, but you're only hearing. Um, so we, we're going to have that um, at some point, hopefully soon. And until next time, this has been Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. Shug Me the Mooney. I appreciate you guys and the conversations. Thank you. Later, guys. Mm-hmm.